Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Spirit of where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Pirkei Avis Podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. So the section that we're going to deal with in today's Mishnah is we're going to deal with um, the first thing that we're going to deal with. If, if we get a chance to do others, it's fine. But the first thing is the next piece in Benzoma's um, Ezehus. So the second Ezehu for Benzoma is who is considered, after who is considered a Chacham, is who is considered a Gibor, Hakovish Yisitzro, somebody who was able to subdue his in- evil inclination. As it says, and he quotes a, a Pasuk in Mishle, Tov Erech Apayim, the person who was able to control his anger, is better than a Gibor of Moshe Barucho, and, 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 and is greater than a Gibor, or Moshe Barucho, and same, somebody who is able to control himself, may locate ear. He's better than somebody who um, can, he's stronger than somebody who can destroy a city. So I want to talk about um, that notion today of what is this concept of a gibor and the further understanding of the concept of somebody who's able to control himself, what that means. So we asked the question on the first day that we dealt with this, that we said that who is considered a gibor, it sounds like in all of these, that who is considered this, when you ask the question of Ezu, it sounds like you're comparing one thing to another and you're saying, that, that who is considered a, a gibor? Is it, is it A or is it B? And we said that we gave the general understanding of the Mishnah that it was that question. And it was really what the Mishnah was asking was, is it the world's view of a Chacham or is it the Torah's view of a Chacham that we need to focus on? Is it the world's view of a gibor or the Torah's view of a gibor that we need to focus on? <clears throat> but I think that I can take, I want to take that a little bit, a, a little bit differently here. And that I think that in, in, in this one specifically, and, and in the others also, the, the mission is asking a question that is not answered simply on our way or the, or the world's way. That I think that the mission is asking a question like this, Ezu Gibor, who is a Gibor? Is it, is it X or is it Y? And I think that there are two types of Gibarim. The Baal Shem Tev says, that there are really two different types of people that would be considered a gibor, two different types of people that would be considered a kovesh esyitzum, somebody who is able to subdue their nature. Because there's two ways to battle the yetzirah. Let's define for one second, what is the yetzirah of a person? We talk about the concept of a yetzirah, yetzirah, and whenever we talk about that, people get nervous because it sounds like, you know, some, some little devil that's dressed up in a red spandex suit that sits on our shoulders and with a pitchfork. And every time we're about to do something you know, right, it's sitting there and banging on us saying, no, don't do that, don't do that. And we have this little white thing, you know, a little angel, angelic cherub looking thing sitting on our other shoulders saying to us, whenever we're about to do something wrong, no, don't do that, do the right thing. But that's not really the way it works. The concept of a Yitzhah 
is really the, the part of every person that is, that is the propensity to, um, to do evil. And that every, every person in the world really has that ability to be able to do the wrong thing and has that drive to, to, to do the wrong thing. That doesn't make a person a bad person. What it means is, is that we have, um, we, we have predilections and predistinctions that push us to different places. We have positive sides to our personality. We have negative sides to our personality. We have, we have parts of our personality that attract us to, to negative things. We have parts of our personality that attract us to, to good things. And the Yetzer Atov is the inclination that a person has to do beautiful things. And the Yetzer Haraz, the inclination that a person has to do negative things. Every single person's got it. Every single person has a Yetzer Atov. Every single person has a Yetzer Haraz. We say, that the greater a person is, the greater is his Yetzirah, which sounds weird because we think that at some point you don't have a Yetzirah at all. The, the bigger you get, the more, the more spiritual you get, the more connected you get, then the less of a Yetzirah. Is that true? It just means that your battles are on a different level. Your battles are much more sophisticated. The, the Gedolim of our generation, they're not battling about whether to keep Shabbos or not keep Shabbos. They're not battling about whether to make a bracha or not make a bracha their battle is taking place on whether they should waste another 10 seconds or not waste 10 seconds, whether they should have, you know, the, the, whether they're going to have this incredible kavana when they make a bracha or whether it's going to be, you know, just a bracha with kavana. But we're, and we're grappling with things of, you know, am I going to have any kavana? Am I going to even make a bracha? We're grappling on, on just a lower level, but the grappling is the battle that one in, that one takes, that takes place with one's Yetzirah, with one's equal connection. Everybody's got it. There are two battles, though. The one battle is that you, you, we chase the Yetzirah way, and we tell it that we're not interested in doing anything wrong, and we resist its attempts at, um, at persuasion and enticement. We do things in order to be able to not be enticed and not be drawn after our Yetzirah. And in essence, what we're, trying, what we're really trying to do is to drive it away from ourselves and to say, no, like you have no, you have no teeth here. You can't. You have no place here. We set up boundaries for ourselves. We set up we set up rules for ourselves to make sure that we don't fall prey to the Yetzirah, to these to, to these distinctions. And we can use a very simple analogy. A person is a smoker, decides they want to stop smoking, and they've got a tremendous desire to smoke. And I know for a non-smoker you can't understand that, but there, I don't I don't smoke. I did once, but but I, I know that for a non-smoker you can't understand what that is. But that's um, that's the same as a person who doesn't really love chocolate can't understand. What a chocolate is, right? You know, a person makes even makes jokes about it, like, oh, oh, a piece of chocolate. Like, come on, it's a piece of chocolate. What? But, but you know, so, some, same way, you can't understand when a person has got this, this yetsarah, this real desire for smoking. Very difficult to understand what that what that is. But a person goes through real. It's fascinating is that when it comes to Shabbos, there's never a yetsarah for most people. There's there's never a yetsarah to smoke. I remember when I was a smoker on Shabbos. I could be in the vicinity of cigarette smoke, it would have absolutely no effect on me, zero effect. If Shabbos was over at 7.03, by 7.03, I would start climbing the walls. If, you know, if we didn't have matter for another 10 minutes, those 10 minutes were already gone because I, I could theoretically smoke. But when I couldn't smoke, there was just nothing to talk about. But there was a tremendous yetzara to, to have that cigarette. So what do you do? You set up boundaries yourself. You don't, you don't go near cigarettes. You don't go near people that are smoking. Like, that's the way you battle with the, with the Yetzirah. You set up 
potentials for yourself that you're going to not be drawn into those kind of situations. Okay, that's, that, that's one way of dealing with it. But the other way of dealing with Yetzirah is by taking that negativity, and by taking that energy and using that energy in the service of God. And let me give you an example. We know, for example, let's say a person has got this, this, this predistinction in themselves, a part of their personality, that there is a, there is a, like a wild energy inside of them. So a person who tries to, to destroy the Yetzirah is a person that tries to act in a way that's opposite from the way that their nature is. A person who tries to direct the Yetzirah to capture it, subdue it, and to use it in the service of God is a person who takes that wild energy and uses that wild energy as passionate energy, uses it to throw it into his davening and throw it into their learning in order to be able to create a, a passion. They sing, they, they, they clap, they put, they put tremendous energy into the things, into the mitzvahs that they're doing. Give me another example. A person is a jealous person. Jealousy is a midah, is a characteristic that we know is something that's even prohibited by the Torah. Right? They're not allowed to covet, they're not allowed to feel jealous. A person who has that as part of their nature, a person has a, has a Yetzirah that way, a predistinction to this, that it's a very much a part of a person's nature. So you can, you can try to subdue it. And you can say, no, when you see somebody get something, you say, oh, I'm so happy for them, even though you're not happy for them, you're really jealous. How come I didn't get that? How come, how come I didn't win that prize? How come I didn't get the thing? Right? And we feel tremendous jealousy. We see another person that gets a job and they're successful in their job. You know, we feel tremendous jealousy. We feel that we, 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 another person is making a simcha. And instead of feeling joy with that person, we feel jealousy for that person. And by the way, none of you here, I would imagine, know what that is, but that's a real thing. Because this concept of jealousy is real. And it's, and it's something that really, that really takes over people's lives. So a person who wants to get rid of that Yetzirah, so that person is going to say, no, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say good things to them and I'll go out of my way to, to be happy for them. But it doesn't really change the nature. And all it does is set a person up for another bout and attack of the Yetzirah. But a person who takes that energy for jealousy recognizes that I've got that jealous side to me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that jealous side and I'm going to train it towards Torah knowledge. I'm going, to, I'm going to train it that I'm going to be incredibly jealous and I'm going to feel the full pangs of jealousy inside of me. But when I see Torah scholars, when I see people accomplish something in learning, when I hear somebody give a good Devar Torah, I'm going to say to myself, you know what, I could have done that also. And I'm going to use my jealousy in that rather than when I look at a person who has a lot of money and say, yeah, you know, I could have, I could have done that also. I could have bought that also. That, that's, that's jealousy that's going nowhere and that's going to be destructive. But a person who looks at it and says, no, you know what? I am going to, um, I'm, I'm going to, to, to use that energy and I'm going to be jealous of people that are learning, the people that are growing in, in their Yiddishkeit. So then that's taking that jealousy and that's being kaidish. That's turning that negative energy and turning it into something positive. That's the one kind of jealousy that's permitted in the Torah, Kinnah Seifer Mabachachma. That the, the Kinnah Seifer, the jealousy of wise people, of scholars, that increases Chachma, increases a person's wisdom. I'll give you two more examples. That a person has a Yetzahara to be noticed and recognized. A person's got a certain energy and a certain thing that they, that, you know, they'll go into a, a, into a party or into a room and they'll, they'll sort of take it over. Whether they try or whether they don't try, but it's just yeah, we want to call it charisma, you want to call it whatever it is. But it's something that is 
uh, that a person really has a little bit of a need for that, has a need that needs to be satisfied. Now, when it is when it is a negative energy, when it's something that is obnoxious, when it's a positive energy, you can take that and turn that into being a teacher, into being into being somebody who is who, who is a who is a leader, somebody who is in the public eye, but in the public eye for good, not just not just there because they need all eyes on them in order to be able to satisfy some kind of internal need, but a person who takes that internal need and recognizes that you know they they have that it's fine. But they use that in order to be able to enhance to, to enhance other people's positions with God. So then that's taking a negative characteristic and turning it into something positive. It's being Kaivish Yitzro, that's taking your Yetzahara, not destroying your Yetzahara. Yetzahara is still there, but it's taking the Yetzahara and turning it into something positive. I'll give you one last example. A person has a tremendous Yetzahara, that they are that, that they are a miserly person. And when I say a miserly person, meaning like we spoke about in Tishbuf, that a person Fagins themselves, and cannot allow themselves to enjoy their their money, and they're very very tight with their with their money, which is a negative characteristic. And there's there is a it's a horror really to preserve and to hold on to the things that they have. Person takes that and becomes the CEO of a stucker organization, and is a watchdog over their money. Doesn't you know is very very tight about what's spent and what's given out and how that money is used, and the person's taking that negative that Yetzirah for negativity and turning it into something positive. And that's what the Mishnah is asking. The Mishnah is asking, Ezehu Gibor, who is a mighty person? Is it the person who destroys his Yetzirah? A person who pulls himself completely to the other direction? A person who, who eradicates the Yetzirah from themselves? Or is it a person who conquers that Yetzirah, takes it, makes it into an ally, and uses it in, a, in, in the service of God. And the Mishnah answers that question. The Mishnah says, you want to know which, which method is better? Hakoyvesh, that's it, right? That's the, way to, that's the way to read the Mishnah. That the Mishnah says, a person who subdues, who takes that, that Yetzer, and instead of eradicating it, thinking that you could eradicate it, thinking that you could obliterate it, to take it and to use it for something positive. Because if all you're going to do is to resist without actually turning that energy into something positive, you can fall prey to the Yetzirah again. Many people will remember in the 70s and 80s, there was a tremendous proliferation, certainly in America, of cults. And there were, there were many people that were drawn after cults. Many, many beautiful young Jewish um, children, Jewish young adults were drawn after cults. The names, when you looked at the names of the cults, the leaders were not necessarily Jewish, but the people that were involved in the cults were Jewish. And there was a, a, a famous person by the name of Shia Hecht, who did a tremendous amount of work in cult busting. He even wrote a book like that called Cult Buster. And he went into places, infiltrated, infiltrated cults, and, and pulled out Yiddish kids. There were many people doing this also. And what they were doing was they were extracting the, the kids. They would spend hours with them. They would put them in, there was all methodology that they would use. They would take them to hotels. They would basically kidnap them, lock them in rooms in order to be able to deprogram them. Many of them, though, never reprogrammed them, never put them into something else, never got them into Yiddishkeit, never retracted them. And what happened was that they would end up back. In, not in that cult, they would end up in a different cult. They would fall prey to something else. 
Everybody has inside of them that need to be, to be loved, to be wanted, that need to be part of something, to be part of a, of a movement. And if it's not satisfied in the right way, so then it's going to be, it's going to be satisfied in the wrong way. If all we do is destroy the Yetzirah, we remove that, that negativity from us, but we don't replace it with something, so then it's a guarantee that what's going to happen is all we're going to do is we're going to fall prey to it again. And if it's not that Yetzirah, then some other Yetzirah is going to crop up inside of us and going to take us over. Because the, the, the Yetzirah cannot be eradicated you can subdue it. You can turn it into positive energy. There are things that you can do, but you can't just destroy it completely. The deflected Yetzirah will lie and wait until a moment of weakness and then will pounce when we are the weakest. But a person who's strong enough to be able to conquer the Yetzirah, which takes a tremendous amount of energy, a tremendous amount of, of emotional energy and converts it into an ally, doesn't have to worry about falling prey at a later date because it's already converted to good, it's become something positive, and it's not going backwards. So Lemaisa, how do we do this? It's a, it's a beautiful, a beautiful idea, and a beautiful thing when you understand that the Mishnah is not just telling us who ha. The Mishnah is not just telling us some light little thing of who is a mighty person, a person is in self-control. It's telling us a whole story here in those four little words. Ezu, Gibor, Akavish, Yitzu. It's saying to us, then what is the proper methodology to become a strong person? What is strength? Strength is not eradication. That's not strength. Strength is to be able to, to say that, look, I've gone a certain direction. I'm going to take myself and I'm going to take that energy and I'm going to turn that into something productive and positive. A lot of times when people become balichuva, what they do is, is that they leave everything behind. You know, you get a, you get a person who is a, a rock star and, and they become a Balchuva and now they won't touch a guitar. They haven't, they haven't played music because they're afraid of being drawn back into, into that place. And I get it. I really get it. I'm not putting it down. for one second. But there's another methodology. And the other methodology is to take the talent that you have and to use that talent to be able to, to, to create incredible Jewish music. And we have had many, many incredible Jewish musicians who have been rock stars, who have played with, with some of the greats, with the, with the Rolling Stones and with other great musicians, and have turned that energy into something positive. That takes much more energy, because that's something that you have to now recreate, as opposed to just destroy, remove, push to the side. It's something that you actually have to, have to recreate within yourself. So how do we do this? The Maggot of Mizrich quotes a very important Gemara. The Gemara is a lengthy Gemara, and, and not, not to put it up on, on the, um, the screen for the moment, I just want to, I want to go through the Gemara. You'll, we'll listen to it. It's a, it's a beautiful Gemara. The Gemara says, Amra Kodesh Baruch God said to the Jewish people, Barasi Yitzhahara, I created an evil inclination, Ubarasi Tavlin. And I created Torah, and I'm going to translate it the way that it's normally translated. I created the Torah as a Tavlin. The way we translate that is an antidote that the Torah is an antidote to the Yetzirah. The Im, meaning that if you have this, you, know, you have inside of you all these passions and all these desires and all these drives, so what the Torah does is that the Torah is a, as an antidote to them. That if you follow the Torah, so then it's going to squash and it's going to, it's going to take away those Yitzrei Hara. 
That's the way the Gemara reads. Vimatem oskim b'Torah. If you're involved in Torah, then anytime you're sorry, be other, then you won't be given over to the hands of the Yitzharav, the evil incarnation, which was a creation of God's. Originally, by the way, I don't have time to do this, but originally, where was the Yitzharav? External. What was the Yitzharav's name, representative name in the Torah? Nachash. The Nachash was, in fact, the representation of the Yitzharav, the evil inclination. It was what enticed Chava and Odom to do the Avera, to do the Chet. That is what Yitzharav is, but it was external, it was outside of them. And after the eighth from the Yitzhadas, the tree of knowledge of being tov lira between good and bad, that now became internal, which means that everything tov had an aspect of ra and everything ra had an aspect of tov. And all of that was jumbled inside of a person. Now to discern when the Yetzirah was standing outside of you, it was very easy. It was like a bottle of poison and a bottle of, I would say Coke, but that's also poison, a bottle of poison and a, and a glass of water. When you look at the difference between a, a poison and water, you understand that's no good, that's yeah good. But now that the Yetzirah has become a part of me, it's now something internal. Now it's much more complicated for me to make that decision, which is good and which is bad. And that's what other Mauritian wanted. I'm telling you things that I should tell you in an hour and two minutes. I apologize. But, but that's the original Yetzirah was something that was external to us. And then with the Chet of the Yetzirah, it became something that was internal. And, the, and therefore the, the Gemara says, if you're involved in Torah, then in it, you won't be given over to the Yetzirah. Shenemar, as it says, hello in that if you do good, so then it'll be taken away from you. Yetzara will be taken away. And it's presenting, if you translate it this way, it's presenting a situation that the Yetzara will fade away. But if you're not involved in Torah, you're going to be given over to the hands of the evil inclination. As it says, the Pesach Hatos Rovets. That sin croucheth by the door. It's waiting for you and it's going to hop you as soon as you let down your guard. Veloo, not only that. All of a person's dealings is, his whole dealings is In other words, he's got his eyes out for you. He's coming to get you. He says, and his, and his chuka, his desire is to you. That was said by the snake in the Garden of Eden, but it means the Yetzirah is coming after you. And if you want, you can rule over him. That if you're, if you're good, you can, you can subdue it. You can, you can destroy it. If you're involved in Torah, you'll be given over to him. The Pesach had to roll, roll it. I'm sorry, I'm, I repeated. And if you want, you can rule over it. The Yetzirah is very difficult. The Yetzirah is difficult. Why? Because even the Creator, God, called it Ra. In other words, if God calls it bad, then it's pretty bad. Because the Yetzirah of a person is bad, is evil from its very inception. The person's Yetzirah poises against him every single day. As it says, that it's, it's just evil all day. The Yetzirah of a person overcomes him every single day and it wants to kill him. It knows it wants to take him out of this world. It wants to ruin his life. That comes the clincher. 
If God doesn't help a person, you would never be able to subdue and to capture that Yetzirah. Shinamers, it says, that God is not going to leave it in your hands. Okay. I know I went through the Gemara quickly and I'm rushing a little bit, but, but let's just get this point. The, the Gemara said that God says, I created the Yetzirah and I created the Torah as a tavlin. I created the Torah as a spice. What does that mean? As, a, as, a, as an antidote, I'm sorry. But that's not what the word tablet means. Ladies and gentlemen, I, you know, my Hebrew is not so great. I, I just took a few months of, uh, of Ulpan. But what is, what is tablin? Tavlinim, spices. So I created the Torah. I created the Yetzirah, and I created the Torah as its spice. What do spices do to food? Enhance them. It enhances the flavor. It brings out the flavor. So what do you tell them? You tell me the Yetzirah is the main, is the essence, and the Torah is the spice that the Yetzirah would have imagined the other way around. Not that the Yetzirah is the main thing and the Torah is the spice to the Yetzirah. It brings out the best of the Yetzirah. What does that mean? And what does it mean when we say that if it wasn't for God, if we didn't have God's assistance, we would never be able to control the Yetzirah. The impression that I get from the first part of this Gemara is that if I learn Torah, I can get rid of the Yetzirah. And if I don't learn Torah, I can't get rid of the Yetzirah. So what exactly is being taught to me here? So I'm going to tell you an amazing, amazing thing. The Yetzirah is the main part of a person. We are our passion. We are our drives. We are our desires. And that is not a bad thing. It is mevakish lahamisaydo. If it's left raw, it is going to destroy us every single day. And if all we do is try to subdue it, we try to build fences around it, we try to get rid of it, we try to say, look the other way. No, we don't, we don't stare at it. We don't look it in the eyes. So then you know what? And we try to chase it away then we're going to need siyata deshmaya. We're going to need heavenly help because we're not going to be successful unless God grants us like a miracle to keep it away from us because that is not the premier best way to handle it. But if we use the Torah as a tablin, we use the Torah as a spice, as an enhancer. It pulls out, it takes those yitzers that we have, it takes those desires and predilections that we have and it trains them, and it brings out the flavor of them, and uses them in the service of God, so then that changes negative into a positive, and that we have the strength to do. That we have the koach, because we are born and created as gibayrim. There is no contradiction here. If you're not engaged in Torah, then we are powerless to his daily attacks, but to daily attacks. But if we're engaged in Torah, then we have the kayach to be able to make him an ally. This is exactly what happened with Moshe Ben when he went up to heaven and he saw the angels fighting with God. The angels didn't want God to give the Jewish people the Torah, and the angels said, "No, don't give it to man. It can't be trusted." God turns to the angels and says, "And said, so turns to Moshe says, Moshe, give him an answer." Moshe turns to the angels, says to the angels, "Do you guys work?" They said, "No." I said, "What do you need a Torah for?" Because the Torah says, don't steal. The Torah says, six days a week you work, and the seventh day you keep Shabbos. You don't work, so what difference does it make? You have parents? No. So what do you need the Torah for? Because the Torah says, honor your mother and father. You don't have mothers and fathers. And he goes through all the commandments that way. What was Moshe Rabbein saying to them? He was saying that you don't have a Yetzer, and therefore you don't need Torah. The Torah is not going to bring out your best. All you have is in the service of God. You were created as monoliths. You were created as robots. You're going to serve God. We have a Yetzer. We're created with evil inclination. We're created with predilections to just be earthly and to just be empty. We're created that way. 
And therefore, we need a Torah to take all the kaiches that we have, all the energies, all the potentials that we have, and to turn them into something. And that's the message of the Mishnah. The message of the Mishnah is, is that you are a gibor. Every single person has the ability to be able to change themselves, control themselves, has the ability to be able to turn their negative parts of their personality into some of their sweetest parts of their personality, into some of the best parts of themselves. Every person has that ability because every person is a gibor. If you use the right methodology, you will be successful.